The Deep Dive with Nick Baby. Welcome to the Deep Dive Podcast with Nick Babel. My guest today is Mike Sappho, New York City police officer, host of the Mike Sappho Podcast, and former producer of the Opie Radio Podcast. We're going to talk, going to be talking about sports fandom, um, and then we're going to take a deep dive into what Major League Baseball can do to stay relevant and pick up some new fans going forward. So... First, I just want to say thanks a lot, Mike, for for doing this. Uh, one of my first podcasts, and looking forward to getting into it. I'm excited that you had me on. I'm excited to hear your podcast. I think your idea is different and unique and refreshing. So I'm excited that you're even starting a podcast, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you were one of the people that definitely influenced me to, you know, do it. I I procrastinated on it for for a while, and <laughs> just uh, excited to get into it. So, but. I was thinking, because every time I talk to you on Twitter, you're one of the best Twitter followers, by the way. Sometimes you spoil the Yankees games for me when I got it on DVR, and I'm like, oh, shit, Mike's seeing stuff about about the Yankees, so I have to log off. But but I, I still, you're one of the best Twitter followers on there. Uh, I appreciate that, man. I, I kind of let it all hang out with, uh, with the Yankees and stuff. I don't do social media besides Twitter, so... That's just my voice. It's like my uh, my therapy sessions when I get to rant about the Yankees. And it totally reminds me, and I've always, throughout my life, there's two types, really two types of Yankees fans. There's the kind like me, and then there's the kind like you. And the, and I've met the kind like you a lot. I'm from upstate New York. You're from New York City. And we got a lot of Long Island transplants up here. A lot of Mets fans. My wife's fan, My wife is from Long Island. Okay. And uh, from East Islip. So her family, they're all Mets fans. So they're always busting me and I'm busting them. But the, the Yankees fans from New York City are the type that they get so mad and so happy with the Yankees. Like, and it doesn't take, it doesn't take much, right? It's like three games. Whatever the last three games were, if the Yankees look good in two games or three games – we're world beaters. If the Yankees sucked in the three games, fire Cashman, Aaron Boone, send him out of there, you know, all that stuff. So you notice that too? Yeah. Cause I'm that guy. I, uh, you know, they say you triumph with your team in victory, but you fall in love with them in defeat. So growing up when you fall in love with your team, opening day, Nick, I go to Yankees opening day and I'm like, listen, I'm back at Yankee stadium. I don't care if they lose 15, nothing. I'm back here. I came home on the train, veins popping out of my neck. I'm done with this team. I'm done with Judge. They can't get a hit and runners in scoring position. And even my wife's like, Mike, come on, man. It's, I give you October. I'll give you a big Red Sox series in July, but it's April 1st, Mike. I'm like, no, you're right. Like, but it ruined my whole day. Like, it ruined, I couldn't even sleep that night. And I'm like, I'm done with them. Why is Boone here? Yeah, it was, <laughs> I'm that guy, man. I am. And I, I know, you know, I'm more of the, you know, I try to keep it more long-term with them. Like, I, you know, you get to a certain point with a team where you can tell if they're going to, you know, like the 2017 team, they were all young guys and we didn't really think they were going to do much. And then that team just, uh, you know, Gary Sanchez was hitting a home run every other day and judge was becoming judge. And, uh, 
Real side note on that. I was on Judge early. I mm-hmm. saw that draft. Really? And I was like, this is going to be the guy. And I, wow. You don't always do that. I can't. The only other guy I did that with was Bernie Williams. Really, though? You were into, you were into both Bernie and Judge? Yes. And That's those are the only two guys that I picked early. And that obviously were, you know. So excited that he actually got up so quick. And it's funny in that draft, they're like, he's he's like uh, they they were comparing him to Stanton the whole time, mm-hmm. and you know what? They're pretty similar. Extremely. That's and that's some comparison. That's a good job by you. That's a good eye by you being happy about that pick. Yeah, it's uh, you know, if he can just stay healthy, and I mean that's a story for most of them, but he's such a big guy, and that's why you don't see a lot of big guy baseball players be successful because you know just so much to get you don't think of football or baseball as a contact sport because it's not really but in some ways it is and it's a lot of moving parts and remember you know people think football you can get injured well basketball because you're still hitting baseball is 162 games it's 190 days or 200 days they're playing from march to october You, you and i if no matter what you do from March to October, you're going to get hurt. You're going to sprain an ankle. So the, and this guy's bigger than us and they're doing it every day. Like for us watching it, what do we invest in it? We invest 7 PM to 10 30 PM, five days a week, watching the game. They're practicing, they're traveling, their body breaks down. It's just, we don't accept it, but that's just life. That sucks. And they don't, they don't let them do it like they used to, which is good. But you know, Cal Ripken in the eighties, how many times was that guy playing with something? You, mm-hmm. you know, he broke something. Of course, of course. And I mean, he's the extreme example, but even, even regular, just regular guys, they were playing through injuries. And now, you know, if they got a sore, sore thigh, they'll be like, sit them for, you know, three days or whatever. Well, Nick, you and I, off mic, we're talking about baseball cards and go grab all the cards from the 80s and 90s. A guy played 139 games. You'd be like, was he injured? Did he get hurt? Did uh, Tony Gwynn get hurt? Imagine if some now if someone plays 150 or 140, all oh, they had they played a whole year, you would never miss five to ten games. Right. So if you saw imagine if you saw Fred McGriff, I'll just use a random name, play 139 games. Oh, he must have been injured twice. Like yeah, they didn't exactly. miss games. Like, you know, that's the truth. Exactly. And you know, part of me like wants to like rebel against that and be like, you know, come on, these soft guys, you know, what are they doing? But then, you know, you got to also be like, and then, and then, and partly they make so much money too. That's what other people are like, without know, doubt. guys in the seventies or whatever, making 500 grand, they were playing with whatever, you know, taking uh methamphetamine pills and just going out there doing whatever. <laughs> but, you know, it, I do get, the rational side of me says, you know, be healthy, take your time, you know. And there's going to be guys that are going to have the mindset, like like Brett Gardner. Mm-hmm. I know that guy's played hurt so many times, and he's the type of guy that tell a manager, I'm playing today, I'm fine. I'm not going to go see the trainer. So you got to respect those guys, but you also got to be like, you know, respectful to the guys that just want to not not burn out in three, five years. They want to play 20 years. I'm going to compare it quick to basketball. You get a guy like LeBron, love him or hate him, he plays 80 games a year, 
81 yeah. games a year. Then you get a guy like Kawhi Leonard or Kyrie Irving who are playing 58, or that might be a low, 65, because they want to save themselves the playoffs. Us being, me being a crazy Yankee fan, I'm like, no, I want to go 162-0. and 0. I want Judge mm -hmm. in every game. If he stays healthy, I wouldn't mind him playing four games a week. If you can guarantee me health in October. So it goes, it goes both ways. You want to be LeBron mm -hmm. where you're just like, that guy's a savage. He's playing 80 games a year. Or Kawhi, like, oh, he's missing another game for a load mm -hmm. management. It, you know, it goes both ways. As long as you win the title at the end, who cares, though? <laughs> That's true. And that the NBA is interesting because they're, they're kind of changing in a little bit of a different way with that. Like you said, the load management stuff, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of become its own strategy. And yeah. certain teams, the Raptors proved that it worked when Kawhi was taking that time off. And I think some of the teams are making calculations like the Nets this year. You know, you know, Durant could have been out there. Oh, definitely. A lot, definitely. A lot of those games. And um, they're kind of calculating on that, you know, in a best of five or a best of seven with all those guys playing, they're going to be tough to beat. I'm, I'm going to give you a quick thing, Nick. And I know I, I'm jumping all around here, but the one thing I get worried with load management is when it comes down to it, gambling is a huge aspect in sports. Okay. My mom lives down the Jersey shore. So when I go down there, I can sign into DraftKings or FanDuel and make a bet. Uh, I think maybe two weeks ago, I'm like, oh, I picked like five games, five favorites, and the Bucs were like nine-point favorite over the Knicks. So I'm like, the Bucs are at home. Obviously, they're going to beat the Knicks. So they were the five part of my five-team parlay. I bet like you know, a few dollars to win a few dollars. And the four teams win. And then before the game, I noticed the Knicks are favorite because the Bucs were sitting Giannis and everyone else. Uh -huh. The Knicks end up winning. Now, listen, I, lost, I was pissed, but I'm like, I wonder if the NBA – they have to combat that because like that hurts the gambling. If people don't bet on the game, that's going to hurt a lot of sponsors. I'm like, look at me. I bet that early. I'm like, oh, this is going to be an easy W. Dude, they set Giannis and I lost. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. That was a 15 right here. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I've actually run into that too. Um, and I've made money on that a little bit this year. I, I use that my bookie. Okay. Um, and, uh, and I've done, I do DraftKings a little bit, but mm -hmm. with that my bookie, I waited real late on uh i think it was a knicks game and um the team they were playing they were setting people and the other team if you know they were favored and i'm like oh the knicks got everybody going and the knicks had won a couple in a row too and this was kind of early in the season when everybody wasn't sure what the knicks were going to be okay and i i put money on the knicks and i i parlayed it with the syracuse game and um <laughs> The Knicks stomped them and uh, money, just money. And I think I bet the under too because I knew the other team wasn't going to put up money points. So you, you can make money on it, but you can lose money on it. That's awesome. It, it does hurt the long, you know, it does hurt the making a bet like in the morning. Kind without of, a doubt, like, without a doubt it does. Because you got to know who's, you know, the NFL has always been tricky with that. The, the injury report. Yeah, man, the injury report. Yeah, they, they, you know, they'll have a guy that's questionable every week and he's, you know, <laughs> he'll play all the games or he'll miss a game here and there, but they're real sneaky with that stuff. I remember Percy Harvin was on the Vikings and he had those migraine headaches yes. the whole season. Was he playing fantasy? Was he not playing the game? Every game it was Percy Harvin. It's like, dude, this guy with his I, headaches, man. I had him on the fantasy team <laughs> that year, so I know exactly what you're saying. I, I was always like, man, do I start? Because if you didn't start him – He'd catch, you know, eight passes for 120 yards and two touchdowns. 
or he'd have a migraine and he'd, uh, you know, he'd sit out. But exactly. yeah, that's funny. Just and you're a football fan. You're a, you go with the Giants, right? Yeah, this is going to be a, a little little brag. I growing up, I was the biggest Yankee fan, Kentucky fan, um, Giants, and Knicks. Those are the four yeah. teams I live and died with. And truthfully, this is going to sound silly for my own health. I had to like chill a little bit. Like I was invested in think about that. That's from March madness with Kentucky. It ends, it goes to the Yankees and Nick, it goes all the way now to the Super Bowl. So my only month off was like the end of February. And then, so here's the little brag. My, uh, my best friend went to the university of Virginia. His name is Justin Walker and his roommate was Chris Canty. And I went down to visit Justin probably 50 times at Virginia. And, uh, me and Chris became lifelong friends. And when we always had a joke, when, whenever he goes to Super Bowl, he's going to take me. That was always a little joke we made with each other. Right. And uh, I never asked him for a ticket or anything. And the Giants beat the Packers and they're going to the Super Bowl. And I tell my boy, Justin, like, dude, we're going to go. Let's just drive out there. And Chris called me up. He's like, bro, uh, you get here, you pay for your own stuff, but I got a ticket for you. I'm like, what? Oh, nice. He's like, he's like bro, I promised you this back in, 90, in 2000 when I was at Virginia. And he's a man of his word. And um, I went to Indianapolis. I stayed at like some random person's house. I met on uh, like my friend met on Facebook. We stayed in the dungeon basement and the Giants <laughs> won the Super Bowl, Nick. And Chris got me tickets, the, the, the wristband. I posted it uh, a, a few weeks ago and I partied with the Giants, Chase Blackburn and Akeem Hicks and all these guys. I partied with them at the Marriott was it, or the Hilton Super Bowl party. And mm. after watching your friend win the Super Bowl, you're there. It, it was hard to ever top. So I still watch the Giants. I still root for them, but it's more like, oh, if they lose, ah, that stinks. Right. I don't I don't do fantasy anymore. So that, that I love the Giants, but after that, I'm like, how can I ever top me being there, watching my friend win and partying with the team? So that kind of like lost my fandom, if it makes any sense. Oh, you wow. couldn't top that, that mountain. That is interesting. I you know, I I didn't have any cool experience like that, but I've been a 49ers fan since I was like five and I think football is different than a lot of other sports. You can be from wherever and like whatever team and sports fans give you a break on that. Like even some of those big WFAN guys, like the one guy, I forget his name. He just signed with the ringer there. He's got a podcast. John Jastrzemski. Yes. He's a Dolphins fan. Yeah, of course. He's a New York city guy, you know? And look at Geo, Geo in the mornings, a Vikings fan. Yeah. So I, lo- I love that. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, I love that about football, too, because you don't have to be from there. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, when I was five, a little bit before that, I, I kind of liked the Bears a little bit because, okay. you know, the Super Bowl shuffle or whatever, you know. That Jim, McMahon, Jim McMahon was really cool back then. Yeah, too. he was. Exactly. Seeing that video and stuff. But I wasn't really getting into it. And then I met this kid, um, became like my best friend in like first grade and second grade. And he was a diehard Niners fan. Okay. And uh, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, you know. So then I, I got into the 49ers, you know, Steve Young, uh, John Taylor, you know, of all, those, all those dudes. Roger Craig, Ronnie Lott, that, that team was great. Oh, my God. You know, but as you know, the Niners had a lot of down years, especially in the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And – it was kind of like you were saying with the Giants. There was some years there where I'm like, if the Niners win, awesome, I feel good. But I couldn't, I couldn't be like diehard on them. But I never changed teams. I never, never, no. 
Never rooted for the Giants. Never. The Jets actually did training camp in my town for like when Rex Ryan was coach. Okay. He moved them up here um, because he wanted to be away from the city and, you know, less distractions. We, less distractions, but I can tell you, Mark Sanchez was kneeling anything <laughs> downtown. The, and it was like, no, there's going to be some Mark Sanchez kids up here, you know, but that, so I was seeing those guys around town, like that Nick Mangold walking in the grocery store taller than the, the aisles. Oh, you that's, know? that's badass, man. And, uh, but, you know, I went to the, some of their training camp stuff. But I'm not going to be a Jets fan, you know, like it, <laughs> just it's, you know, I think I think there's only a couple ways in fandom that you can change a team. I, I you know, I want to hear yours because I was going to say, and, and this is going to sound silly and I hope it's not offensive. If someone's like, listen, me, my wife had issues. I cheated on her. I broke up with you like, bro, that's that's life. And I left my team. What? You're not. <laughs> and the only way I'll, I'll tell you, I think the only way is if a family member or close personal friend comes to that team. Right. I think that's, that's acceptable. If the team moves, I think you're allowed to pick another team. Cause yes. I don't think if the, if the, if the Yankees ever left and they went to become the, you know, the Oklahoma Sooners, what I'm just going to use a, a random thing. Right. I would root for them. I don't know if I can ever love them, but I can never go be a diehard Mets fan. Like, I don't know if I can ever do it. What do you hear? Let me hear your reasons. Cause I don't know if I can well, think of any. That was the, that was a big one. If your team moves, you're free. You know, the, <laughs> yeah. they, they've sold you out, you know, like the Browns. Moved, oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Baltimore or whatever. And that's a good one. And that, that's also a good one. If you have a family member or a friend play, mm-hmm. play for a team. And, you know, I think if you get, I think if you get an owner that is, and I hate to use this as an example because you're a fan, but I couldn't be a Knicks fan because Dolan is such a piece of shit, in yes. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess if I was a fan when I was five or whatever and Dolan was around and it just, you know, but I, I can excuse a Knicks fan that's like, if this guy's the owner, I got to be... Maybe not be a Nets fan because that's too close to home, but if yeah. you're to jump ship and be like a Golden State fan or whatever, you know, I get it, you know, but it, it's tricky with fandom, you know. It, it, I'm, I'm going to give you one other one, and I, I'm not allowed to obviously talk politics because my job, but just say there was a, a person you hated, like a, a legit politician that someone hated or you loved, and they became the owner of your team. Like, right. it would be hard if you truly had such hatred for this man and, like, he becomes the owner. Like, I'm done with him. Like, that can legit uh, sway people, too. Yeah. But, or, yeah. but now, listen, but, Nick, if you switch teams, you can't go right to – you can't leave the the Rangers and go be a fan of the Dodgers. You can't go be the, a team – you can't be a free agent and do what Durant does and go to the best team. You can't do that. You, <laughs> right. you got to pick a team in the middle. That's yeah, that, that should be the rule. <laughs> exactly. That's too casual. If you can yeah. just switch teams <laughs> – you know, not to not to pick on your your old uh, boss Opie there, but uh, he he loves to pick like five or six football teams and just uh, you know. But Nick, the greatest thing with him is he truly believes it. If he's like Mike, I worked in Buffalo, I'm like okay. He's like, so I'm a Bills fan. I grew up in New York. Hey, we were big in my wife's from Philly. I'm like, dude, you can't and you can't pick. I we were you know me and Anthony were huge in uh, Boston. You can't pick teams in the same division. You oh, can't he, pick the Bills. He Jets does it all the time. Oh, I love it. I love it. 
<laughs> but it's kind of part of his thing too. So it makes oh, that's it funny, a, you know. That's his shtick, you know. And and people who don't get it who get mad at him, it's like, dude, that's his shtick. His shtick is pissing you off by telling well, they, you like they get so mad at him on Twitter. He'll say oh, something nice about like uh, the Patriots or something. They'll be like, "Fuck you! You were talking about the Bills two weeks ago." And, and then, and then the Bills like a win the playoff game. He's like, "I love Josh Allen. Go Buffalo!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's a he's a weird exception, but most of us regular guys, you know, we gotta we gotta stick with a team. It's yeah, uh, that makes me want to ask you though, with Kentucky, did you go to Kentucky? No, I'll tell you this, Nick. This is kind of funny. I hope you allow this fandom. I was, uh, it was 1992. I was uh, 11 years old, and all my friends were uh, front-running Duke fans, and I, I just didn't like Duke. <laughs> and everyone loved Duke, 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 Duke. And my one friend had a, a, a Duke-Kentucky party. You know, it was Duke was playing. And remember, and you know this, you're a New York guy. College basketball is not huge up here. Now, upstate, a little more with Syracuse is, but down in the city, it was like, it was, yeah. you know, you liked St. John's. And I was just being a total punk, a punk 11-year-old kid with a stupid spiky hair. And I, uh, I'm like, I'm rooting for Kentucky. I wrote Kentucky on my shirt. And I'm screaming and yelling. I didn't know any players. I'm like, oh, Mashburn, he's from the Bronx. Let's go Kentucky. And Sean Woods hits that running shot. And Kentucky's up by one. And I'm like, I'm in their face, Nick. Like, Kentucky, Duke sucks. <laughs> I know nothing about the team, Nick. And uh, Leighton hits the shot. I go home. I run home to my mom. I start crying. I'm like, Kentucky lost. And she's like. What is that? What what does that mean? What do you like? What does that mean? Kentucky lost, and then I'm like, I love Kentucky basketball. And I remember, I think she went on East Bay, or the truth, she might have called Kentucky and got me a starter jacket, like the old oh, wow. Kentucky. St- and then I kind of had to own it because now I'm like, everyone at school is like, oh, Mike's a Kentucky fan, but I wore the jacket like every day. And then Nick, the next year was the Fab Five, so everyone oh, loved nice. the Fab Five. And they beat Kentucky. I had to love – so I kind of, like, lied for a couple of years. And then I just loved them. And in 96, they won the championship here. You know, they beat your uh, – you mentioned Syracuse earlier. They beat them. And then yeah. I, I just fell in love with them. That's, so I didn't go to Kentucky. I applied there to go to school. And my mom's like, okay, uh, we don't have much money. What do you want to do? And don't tell me, like, watch basketball. And, like, Nick, what, what was I going to say? I'm like, uh, they have a pro- – I didn't even know what they're for. I'm like – Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's the only team that I don't have a true, like – lineage connection with is Kentucky and I love them more than anything. Well, you know, that, that is kind of a lineage because it was an early enough age. Oh yeah, was, definitely. And it was a, you know, a thing where you're spiting some friends. I mean, I get that too. Um, <laughs> I'm a diehard Syracuse fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to games. I saw Carmelo Anthony in one of his <sighs> first games up there. They were playing Lemoyne, which they play almost mm-hmm. every year. It's a little college up there. And he was dunking on these little white dudes on Lemoyne. And uh, they took him out with like 10 minutes left. And they were having like the bench guys play. That's how bad they were stomping them. But I was sitting in the nosebleeds. And that's where we always sat. Like, you know, my in the, wife ca- in I, the carrier dome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's a great carrier dome. It's great. Oh, but, yeah. you know, some of those seats are, you know, and we were up top. I mean, I saw the, the game where, um, uh, McNamara um, tied the three-point record, 10 three-pointers oh. um, against Notre Dame, I think it was. And uh, But in recent years, I've had some luck with, with seats. Like, my sister had a boss that had, like, uh, season tickets, and she gave me one of, the, one of those. So we were kind of in those little um, – uh, they, they weren't, like, courtside, but they were up – 
you know, they were nice. They were way better than I ever said. Oh, better than you and I usually get. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I was like, oh, wow, this is the best I'm ever going to get. Well, then um, 2018, maybe. Okay. Um, I'm working at a real estate company, which I did briefly. I was doing like their listings and their computer stuff. And those realtors, some of them, they got money. I mean, like, and this guy was one of the biggest realtors in the company. And he's like, he had season tickets. And he goes, uh, he's like, hey, man, I see you wear Syracuse stuff sometimes. He's like, uh, I can't go to all these games. He's like, uh, you want you want to take a couple tickets for one of the games? And I'm like, yeah. We get there. We are literally, like, Right opposite of Beheim, we weren't behind them, but we were like across court, like on the floor, like in this. It was awesome. We made the jumbotron and stuff, and really, yeah, it was cool. But then, of course, you know, I I moved on with jobs, and I was that was the thing I regretted the most. I'm like, oh man, I no, wanted to go to Syracuse game. Next no more year. tickets. No more tickets. <laughs> but it's uh, it's funny. They always. With fandom and Syracuse is a fun one too because Bayheim's been coach for you know since the '60s or whatever, and every year these Syracuse fans wind his head. It's kind of like with the Yankees fans; they mm-hmm. they're always bitching. They're like he can't recruit a center, which he that's been a problem. You know, yeah, yeah. he can never get a real center in there. Or, you know, he this year they're kind of accusing him of playing. Uh, that Gerard, I don't know, some, they're trying to make it a race thing because he's. Boring. I know. So they're like uh, that. We lost um, two guys in the portal that were kind of up and comers, and the one guy really has some. You know, I, we lost Braswell and then the other guy, but I can't think of the other guy's name. But he's the one they thought should be playing over. Gerard. Yeah, I thought he, he was going to be a stud. I know, I know. It's hard to criticize. See, that's the given. I love Calipari. I love him more than anything. He's frustrating because every year it's like number one recruiting class. We're ranked number two. You lose two games. Oh, don't worry. Come March. And usually come March, they are coming together. They go into right. Elite Eights. It's frustrating. I see Syracuse fans' frustration because you have this legendary coach. You, you can never fire him. He's like Joe Paterno. No. He's a lifer. But it's sometimes like, all right, we kind of want someone new. We want a guy who's going to get the, the five-star kid, maybe some sneak some money to him. It, it, it's a tough spot. I always felt – I don't think Calipari will ever get there because I think he'll win another one soon. I always feel for guys like Cal, for uh, Bayheim and these long lifers who might not get another chance because their fans get frustrated because they're like iconic. You can never get rid of him. You can never get rid of him. You could, you could have never got rid of Paterno. Those guys are lifers, man. Yeah. And, you know, with him, you know, he's – He's so prickly too. Like he doesn't. The local media asks him a question, he'll be like, he'll he'll just like stare at the camera and be like, "What are you stupid?" You know, like, and it's so great. It's kind of so refreshing because you know, a young coach isn't going to get away with doing that. No, 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 no. And the he, he paid his like, dues. He paid his dues, man. That's why. Like, it's like fuck you, you know. <laughs> so he, he he can get away with doing what he wants and. And like you were saying with Calipari, Bayheim gets them there in March. They made the Sweet 16 again. This team they were saying wasn't that stupid uh, uh, rankings guy there that everybody uh, – Ken Palm? No, the Bracketology. Um, oh, um, Andy Katz? Yes. 
Cats had them first four in, first four yeah, out. Yeah, right. You know, yeah, right. fucking Louisville who sucked. He had them in, and, and dude, you, you never bet against Syracuse with that with that zone. It, yeah. it fucks teams. It fucks teams up the first couple of rounds. And dude, listen, it's like death taxes and Bayheim playing on the second week. You, you can always pencil them in, no matter if they're a four seed, a two seed, a nine seed. They're playing that second week. They might yeah. not. He's getting to the Sweet Sixteen. He is. He just uh, that's what he does. Yeah, you're right. And that zone when when they don't catch and and it usually happens this way when they don't have to play like an ACC team or a Big mm-hmm. team, when they get somebody like Indiana or somebody that doesn't see the zone all year. They see weak ass zones that don't yep. do the same thing. They get there and they're like, what's going on? Like, exactly. And then Syracuse is, you know, they get somebody hot, like Buddy Beheim went from, that's it. you know, everyone gets hot. Hero. How do these Syracuse guys just always get hot in like the Big East tournament? They'll get a guy who I never heard of and all of a sudden they become yeah. legends. That, that's what's fun about Syracuse, you know, and you also, you have to give Beheim credit and I, he doesn't get enough of it. Recruiting to a school like Kentucky, because, listen, it's an iconic school, or Kansas or Duke, but Syracuse, what's your recruiting pitch? Like, it's ice cold up here. Yeah. You're not that close. Like, he recruits kids that, listen, you hear Syracuse. Like, he got Carmelo Anthony from Oak Hill to go to Syracuse. Like, yeah. he won a title. Like, that doesn't happen. Like, even when um, Calhoun used to do that in UConn, like, how do they get these guys to come to these schools? Like, hey, we're not really offering you anything. They go to the NBA, but dude, it, it always blows my mind when those guys get, get kids like that. Yeah, and you know, I think Syracuse has built like a credibility because oh, definitely, you got to admit, there's been a lot of Syracuse players that went to the NBA that shouldn't have went to the NBA. Mm-hmm. If they were playing for, uh, you know, I don't want to slander a team, but like, uh, you know, one of those middle middle of the road teams that maybe had a better chance to make it yeah. farther in the tournament. They're not getting picked, Mike. They're not Michael Carter Williams. No, no, or, no, 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 know. no. That guy was 22 when he went into the draft, and he won Rookie of the Year that year. It was a weak class, but, but, whatever. But you're right, though. If he if he's playing at a school like uh, I, Missouri or some other school or right. a team LSU, dude, he's not. That's not happening. You know, it's just not. Yeah. So I think that's how he that's how he gets them in, and you know, when he leaves. They really got to get the right guy, and, and it might be that McNamara. They say it, he's a. It, it has to be. It has to be a local kid. I think a local kid. It has a local kid. I mean, like a a Cuse guy, Cuse alum guy. Yeah. So let's move on to the baseball thing because let's do it, baby. We could chat sports fandom all day. I feel like. <laughs> um. So I'll start off with with one, and okay, you know these are ways I think. You know, MLB, you know, they've kind of – it's been a few things that they've messed up on in the last five, ten years. Um, I think they're – I think the successor for the commissioner has been a big flop. He's, he's terrible. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, a business but... guy. Yep. He's not a – you need a fan in that job or a former player. You need somebody that loves the game and that guy don't doesn't love the game. So that's been a that's been a bummer, but these are some things that I think you know they could do. And the first one is streaming, 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 streaming. This is MLB needs to get their games on a streaming service. People do not want cable. You know, the younger generation especially. So 
you know, the S network's great and you can keep the S network, but you got to move them to Amazon or Hulu or I guess right now they have some agreement with like AT&T. Oh, Nick, so this, this is, and I don't want to interrupt you, but I, lo- I love, I want to hear your points because I have like eight that I, I keep constantly saying what MLB can do. I don't watch TV. I watch uh, documentaries or um, I read books. So I have Netflix and Amazon. I steal it. Uh, and I steal Hulu. Uh, last year, I bought YouTube TV or PS View, one of them, to watch Yankees. This right. year, I'm like, there's not. I, I had to buy AT&T this year just to watch Yankees. And it infuriated me. And if I didn't love them more than I love 99% of my family, I'm serious, bro. I wouldn't have gotten it. I, you nailed it. Streaming number one. I had to find AT&T. To watch yeah. the Yankees this year, and it bothers me so much. Oh, it's terrible! It, you, and AT and T is so expensive. It's not like Netflix. Yep. It's it has nothing to Zero. offer it's other than the garbage. Yankees. Yeah, it's garbage. You know, it had a few shows, and any of them that were any good got picked up by other yeah. streaming services. So garbage. Yeah, they need they need to make deals. MLB needs to like cut the shit with that, and they need to like say, you know, have one of these services put whatever it costs, 500 million, whatever, into being like, this is your home for MLB. They can keep their networks on cable. They still want their sweet cable money. Maybe they make the cable companies, you know, cut their prices, discount or whatever to them. But if they can agree on like, you know, a streaming service, you're going to get the new generation of fans that goes, oh, shit, the Yankees are on. Well, just flip it over to Netflix or Amazon and pop the live feed on. Right now, it's so hard to do to do it if you don't have cable. And, Nick, how about this? And I don't want to harp too much on each point, but just say tonight, just say the Yankees aren't on. Yeah, they are, but I'm saying just say right now the Yankees aren't on TV tonight. And I'm like, oh, let's see if Tatis is playing or Mike Trout. Let me go. I can't watch it. Now, I do it because I – do it through means that isn't illegal street legal. You know, I, I borrow right. people's feeds, but right now me and you being diehard sports fans, I should be like, I want to watch Shohei Atani play tonight. I want to watch uh, Kershaw pitch. And that's, what's frustrating that you have to do it sneaky instead of being able to watch all your stars. You want to know why? Because every Sunday night we can watch an ESPN game, but you know what? If LeBron's playing or if Kyrie, if there's a big basketball game, it's on TNT, it's on TBS, it's on, ABC, it's on ESPN, and they're marketing better than MLB, and we're not yeah. watching the stars. That Unless it's your local team, you can't watch them. It's, it's horrible. Exactly, and MLB has to build on stars. It always mm-hmm. has, going back to Honus Wagner, Babe Ruth, you know, just up, down. Mantle, up. everybody, yeah. It builds on stars, and you're right. Like, Mike Trout is a somewhat name, but, you know, on this coast, there's kids that – don't watch him. Otani could be a big name, you know. He's he's impressive. But Oof. these guys, you know, we don't see the Texas Rangers a lot. We don't see Anaheim a lot. Especially if you're an AL guy, you're not seeing Milwaukee play. You're not seeing the Padres. No, and, and one thing, like uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. from the Braves, he, he's becoming like I'm obsessed with him now. Yeah. The only reason I – I don't know if you know this. Um, a couple nights ago or last night, he hit a ground ball to shortstop. I Straight up that. ground ball. And you want to know how I saw it? I saw it on Barstool because they tweeted it. And, like, mm-hmm. I should be able to watch a game. You're watching these guys, a ground out the short. Nick, when is the last time you saw anyone? I never saw Ichiro do that, bro. And no. we're watching it. And this guy's, like, 
seven for his last 10. Like we should be like, Acuna's up, Acuna's up, guys, let's go watch him. And we're yeah. not able to. And it's like, oh, let me go on Twitter to see that eight second highlight. I want to watch him play. You want to watch him play the field. Well, that's, per- that's perfect to go to another point on this because like you said, they need a social media guru. They need a, they need, I mean, just look at John Boy. For example, love John Boy. Yeah, he blew up. He blew up off of YouTube and and a Twitter post. And mm-hmm. you know, they need, especially with how many games there are, and how kids watch stuff now with TikTok and with that type of stuff. You need you need something. You need to be able to go to MLB's TikTok feed and see Acuna beat out a ground ball. Or, yep, you know. And maybe have a, like a live feed to the game for his next at bat, and be like, "Oh, you want to see?" It's a great idea. See what he does this time. That's a great idea. Let's catch up on what he did last. He grounded out the short, beat it out. Let's check out. That's a real great idea. I never that never even crossed my mind. That's a good idea. Yeah, they. You know, it's kind of that baseball kind of falls into the old thinking a little too much. And yep, you know, sometimes that's attractive, like remembering you know when you're a kid, but. If you know, you gotta look to the future with this stuff because the all these old old heads are gonna pass away mm-hmm. or you know yep. whatever. And if if the new people aren't into it, they're not gonna make any money on it. Nope. So, so another one, and it kind of ties in with the streaming stuff, is no more blackouts. Now football has this problem too. That's a whole other discussion, but you know, I have to stay in hotels sometimes for my job. I'll get a case, you know, it's three or four hours out of town. And, um, you know, they won't, for some reason, the hotel won't have gas or whatever. And I want to go to, I download the MLB app or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to, and they're like, blackout in your area because you're still in New York, even though (laughs) I'm in a part of New York that doesn't get the yes network. Oh, It's so ridiculous. Like people should never not be able to get your product. You know, yeah, like, you want their product, Nick. You're trying to buy their product, product, and watch it, and they're not let, let you. Yeah, and it's and the argument for blackouts is more people will go see the games. Bullshit! You can't. You're, you're gonna, four hours away. You can't go. And if you're going to see a game, you're going to see a game. It's a yeah. total different situation. Nobody's ever going. Oh, I have these Yankees tickets, but I can watch it on the yesterday. <laughs> I'm not going to go today. If you're going to go, you made plans to go. You know, yeah, exactly. It's nonsense. It's just yeah, weird thinking. Like I, I just don't get that. And it hurt it hurts baseball in other cities. Florida. Oh, I know it does. It's fucked. It's fucked those Florida teams for years. Miami and uh oh, I know. Bay, you know, how are you building fan bases down there? They're not when they black out games on those people all the time. They're not, you know, it's just stupid. Um so this is a little different. Let me hear. Be flexible with the rules. Now, I believe they're working on this already, and they're, but I want them to keep going. Now, this is a little more controversial because mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people do not like the second base extra innings thing. I hate, I hate it. I wish it would go to the 12th inning we can do it, not the first two extra innings. That's my opinion. That's an interesting way. The other thing that one I heard was go 12 innings and then get ties. If change. I, I'm fine with that. Or I'm fi- I don't want the 10th or 11th inning. And here's my thing. Again, I don't want to make it too long. I don't want Chapman coming in the ninth, striking out the side. Okay, extra innings. 
Now, right away, Chapman's penalized, and there's a man on second base. Give me at least two innings to get the lineup going. And both teams, I feel that's more fairer because now, dude, the Yankees, just say the Yankees have two, three, four coming up, whatever. Um, and now the Mariners can bunt the guy to third and win the game on a sack fly. Give me till the 12th inning. Give me two innings or 11th inning. Give me two innings of extra inning baseball. Either end it in a tie or then put a guy on second. Just not right away. That's just my yeah. You know, at first I thought it was pretty cool, but then hearing the arguments against it and stuff and seeing some of the games, I mean, it's wild that they even tried it, but it, which, it's crazy, which I like. I mean, I like the idea of doing stuff like that, but you're right. They got to be smarter with it. And I think that's something that they'll change because they're getting a lot yeah. of back on it. But you know what I really liked during the pandemic year was the seven-inning doubleheaders. Loved it. Loved it. And at first, I didn't, Nick. I'm like, no way. And the more I thought about it, you're getting fresher players. Because remember, you play a doubleheader, Nick. By the second game, that bullpen is shot. You have guys yeah. who came through. Yeah, so I, I actually agree with that. On doubleheaders, I'm okay with that. And you think about it from the fan perspective, too. You know, like you said, you, you get those three hours to watch baseball, three and a half hours. My wife's like, another no. fucking game tonight? Like, what are yeah. you doing? Like, how, how do you pull that up on a Saturday? Babe, we're going to watch the 1 o'clock game. Yeah. Now it's 7 o'clock. What? How, how can you give it? You can't ask for six and a half hours. You can't no. do it. But if it's a seven-inning <laughs> game, those seven-inning games were a little more appetizing. Mm-hmm. It should be like, what inning is it? Oh, it's the fourth, but it's only seven innings, you know, <laughs> you know kind of thing. So, you know, I think that was a good move. And I, yeah, I, I enjoyed know, that. I don't think that's made it into this year, but – I actually don't even know. I think it has, but I'm not 100% sure. I'm not sure. Not 100% sure, but that's one that they should go to. But, you know, the shift, and the, I didn't even write anything down about this. I've been so back and forth on the shift, and, you know, at first I thought you can't penalize teams for being smart, mm-hmm. you know, but then you're all and, – and, you know, I guess this is where I land on it because as a Yankees fan, you'll remember this. Mark Teixeira, the shift ended his career. I mean, he could have, if there was no shift, his last couple of years would have been better and he would have probably played longer. Yeah. And, but do you say, well, this guy could have done some stuff to, to, to work on it and he refused to. And he even would say, I'm not changing, but that's baseball is, is, you know, changing is figuring out what they're trying to do to you and working on it. And some of these guys just will not do that. How about this? Two things. I heard one, if you do the shift, everyone has to be in the infield. I actually like that rule because now you can't have that second baseman playing short right field. I kind of dig that a little bit to say, I go back and forth like you, Nick, I don't, I hate the shift, but now just say we're watching basketball and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, you can change your defense and do a crazy and let them adapt. And the way I feel is that, bro, you're a smart baseball guy. They would never shift on each row. They wouldn't shift on Tony right. Gwynn. If you're that good of a player, you got to make adjustments. And I know it can be frustrating. Like we had Giambi and Teixeira. Oh, don't bunt. They're not paid to bunt. Dude, they're paid to win games. Right. So I know, dude I'm, dude, I'm not comparing my Central Park Softball League. But if I'm <laughs> playing softball and there's four guys on the left-hand side, I'm going to do a little punch punchable right field yeah. so i get the shift i hate it too maybe everyone on the infield uh dirt i don't know how to, i don't know it's hard to tell people you can't play defense that way i think what they really need to do is get back to the basics in starting with high school ball 
they need to teach these guys because a lot of these guys, they they go to the majors with that mentality is my, I'm making money on home runs. Yeah, I know. Home runs. Listen, home runs sells, dude. No one cares. If they do. 341 with six home runs. They don't care. Exactly. I care. You. I wished every Yankee had right. 330 with five home runs, but no one else cares. That's not making sports center. If they get back, if the shift forces that back into the game, if mm-hmm. the shift can get back some Tony Glenn's and some, you know, Ricky Henderson guys, do it. You know, mm-hmm. you make these guys change to the if, – if you're going to – that Orioles first baseman, um, Davis. Uh, Chris Davis. Chris Davis. That fucking bum wouldn't have made it. Even no. Back, even back in the 90s, they would have cut him. There was 180, like, 189, striking out 20 times, stop. Yeah. There was guys like him that came up with the Yankees. They had a cup of coffee and they hit a couple bombs, two or three, you know. Mm-hmm. But then they were hitting 200, 220 out of there. Yep. He, he wasn't always like that. He did have a couple years where he probably hit 280, 270. Yeah, he was, he was all right. He was all right. But once he decided that he was going to try to hit 50, 55 homers and uh, didn't care about anything else, I couldn't believe Showalter put up with that for as long as he did, especially yeah, with how either. old school he is. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's guys like that. So a little off topic, but <laughs> the shift is, you know, it's something they gotta work on. And I I don't think the shift necessarily hurts new fans. No, no, no. I like I have, like I said, like my eight points that everyone always asks me how to change it. The shift that's just more of a pet peeve more than a point. Right. It's like an old school fan problem. Yeah. So this one, this one's easier. And I don't – maybe some of them are doing this, but they got to make the games more affordable again to go to. Now, you know, yeah, you have your suites. I get that they make money on that stuff. And if you want to sit behind home plate or whatever, you, get, you pay a premium. And if you got season tickets, you pay whatever. You know, if you can – but the rest of those seats should be 20 bucks or less in every stadium. You know, you should be able to sit behind right field – for 20 bucks. I'm going to piggyback on that one too, Nick, because this kind of goes into one of my thing. I think a big thing with the baseball is minority based thing. It's white and it's, it's Spanish, but it's not regular Spanish. It's a lot of guys from Dominican DR, Puerto Rico and Cuba. I wish there was more incentives of bringing people from less fortunate neighborhoods to the games for free. Let's expand it because let's be honest, you watch baseball players. They're lacking African-Americans. You watch mm. baseball commercials. Now, listen, you can sell players, okay? Of course, you can. Like, oh, this player's out stud. There's not a big African-American um, baseball community. So why not? Mm. And I'll use the Yankees as an example. We're New York guys. The South Bronx, you know, and, 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 and impoverished, impoverished areas. Why not give, hey, it might be a Tuesday night game. Because, listen, we're not going to give them the Friday night, Saturday night. Because those are the right. big money makers. You know, those are when people who can afford to go. Maybe Tuesday night, let every fan in for a dollar. And I'm not saying, listen, they're not going to make money on it. They're not going to do this. But it's going to be kids who are like, wow, I didn't really ever watch baseball. I'm from 168th Street in River Avenue. I love the Yankees. I've never got to see them. You bring kids in. You could tell a family now, a father of four kids, five kids, hey, or a mom, hey, what's up? You could want to bring six kids from the neighborhood, bring a school. You bring more kids of, uh, you know, who, who don't have any financial means or more minorities to the game that you're expanding the game. We talked about expanding the game. I think yeah. that's such a big issue that they lose part of. Basketball markets this, uh, let, you know, with social issues. Let's just, and baseball just 
I feel they're lacking with bringing in more fans. You're just not doing it. Definitely. Yeah, that's a great idea. You know, minor league baseball parks do stuff like that all the time. All the time. And, you know, Nick, there's not really minor league parks around where we are. We, they had to set on the Yankees right. and Brooklyn Cyclones. And you hate to say this, but you're going to tell a kid, like, hey, do you want to go to the Brooklyn Cycle game tonight? No. You want to mm-hmm. go to Yankee Stadium, City Field? That'll sell. Like, you know, you want to bring kids in? Let, let's do dollar night for family of five. Come, you know, do that, man. I know you're not going to make enough money, but you're bringing in new fans. Yeah, if you want to be America's game, you got to let America go to the game. Exactly. You know. That's when I fell in love with it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, this one, I don't have the full answer, but I have okay. an outline for them. All right. <laughs> they got to revamp the All-Star game. And, and everything around it. Now, the NBA, and you can say the last couple of years they fucked up a little bit, but overall, the NBA has always really owned their all-star game weekend. And MLB, yeah, the home run derby's fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, nobody watches the Futures game. Nobody watches the softball game with ex-players oh. and bullshit like that. And the game itself... You know, it's a glorified exhibition game. You don't want if that, to yeah. Hurt, you know, whatever. But they got, and I don't even have a great answer for for what they should do. But they need to they need to make it a spectacle. They need to make it something. How about this? I I, I I'm just thought of this just now, and it's most likely to say no because people can get hurt. Draft teams, and then this is it's going to sound so quirky, and you're probably going to roll your eyes because you're like a traditionalist. <laughs> How about you get like random picks of what position you're going to play? So now you have one also team, you pick it up, Judge playing third base, Tatis <laughs> playing center field. That might be something different because I love baseball. I, I have a tough time with, with the All-Star game. The future game, mm-hmm. I'll watch if I know there's a stud playing. Like I know all oh, this kid's like if Jack Leiter is going to play in it, if a stud's right. going to play. But I, I can't think of a reason to watch the All-Star game baseball. If it's on – it might be on the TV if something's on, but I have zero. I couldn't even think of a reason to watch it. I do like the idea of drafting the teams. Yes, because you get to I, – I would, yeah, I would like to see different players, who they draft, but besides that, that's – Picking captains. If you're going to keep an extra exhibition game where it doesn't matter to mm-hmm. the NL or AL, make it, mix, make it mixed. Mm-hmm. Have a judge be able to pick Tatis, and the, you know, or whatever. Yeah. You, whoever the – you know, maybe whoever the NL or AL um, MVP MVP is, yeah. Last year, you know, even if they're having a rough year or they're out on injury, they're the team. Let them be the captain. I agree with that. That's actually a good call. I like that. But, you know, the Home Run Derby's had some years where it's been amazing, and it's it's fun. The Josh Hamilton one is the one that sticks out. McGuire, Fenway, yeah. But they could – they need to just figure something out with that. Yeah. And that could get some fans in. Uh, this one is a controversial one. Okay, let me hear. And I'll tell you where I stand on it. Universal DH. It's got to happen. Yeah, Nobody okay. Who's okay. a fuck about pitchers hitting? Definitely. You know? Okay, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear from these old heads all the time, you know, you got you to gotta keep it the same, the tradition. and No, you don't. No, like, I agree with you on that. You're paying a pitcher $20 million. It's such a premium position. And then remember what happened to the Yankees that year? Chiming Wong, yeah. Chiming he, he Wong. Against the Phillies, yeah. That, that crushed that season. He was our, like, 
I don't remember the exact pictures that year, but he was at least our number three guy. Yeah, and he was winning like 18 games. I think it was back-to-back 19-win seasons or something. Yeah. yeah. And he never was the same after that. Never. He shouldn't have been hitting. And, you know, they're telling on themselves, too, because all the way up, even in the minor leagues now, they don't let pitchers hit. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's the DH 100%. I agree with you. It's all it's all about these owners don't want to pay an extra player. Of course. Player. Yeah, I know. And it's stupid and it hurts the game. And it's it's just so that's something that they can face. Um, this one was a little controversial too, but and I, I see why they wouldn't do it, but they should shorten the season now. 20 games is my call. I could be talking to other stuff. I mean, you can't go crazy. 60 games is too short. Yeah, no, no. A hundred's probably still too short. But if you if you told me they were playing 142 games, I'd be like, okay. I'm gonna say I agree with you on this. It needs to be done, but now the purest in me, I'm gonna tell you the only reason the purest in me is and it's something stupid, Nick, but when I talk, when we talk now about uh, uh, Ruth has 714 home runs, Garrick 493. You know what these guys hit with home runs. Now we have to kind of kind of um, manipulate the stats a little bit. Like, whoa, Trout only hit 440, but right. he played in 40. That's the only thing. So we're, right now, if we're talking about a year, just say, oh, look at um, A Rod that year. He batted 350, 54 home runs, 145 RBIs. Trout had a better year. He batted 360 with, but only 28 home runs, and a, but he played less games. I get – I like the shortened seasons. I just worry about the stats, and it shouldn't be, but I do worry about the stats right. like that. That's the only thing. I get that argument, and that was always the argument. Yeah, the always. Way the, ga- the game's played today, you still have to manipulate the stats because like we were talking about earlier – Pitching and stuff, yeah. They don't play the guys as many games anyways. They sit guys. So there's going to be less games than Baby anyway. is playing and stuff. And there's the old argument of what about all the guys that played before there was – Black people, of course, definitely. Hispanic people, and those numbers are different. They're definitely skewed, yeah, of course. You know, so I just, I think everything's about attention span with the newer generations, Mm -hmm. and I think you can lose some some people with how many games there are. Yeah, it might it might make games more important too. You're playing 120 games, a little more important than if you don't have 40 games to play with. Yeah, I that's okay. That's fair. I like that one. And like you said too, or like we talked about these. Pitchers are not doing the same stuff. That they don't let them do the same stuff. You're not getting a 20 game winner. I mean, maybe no. if they're if they're on the Yankees or Dodgers, right. maybe in that big league. But you, you, but you know what's funny? You just mentioned something. Imagine Degrom. I was just going to bring up Degrom. But Nick, if he plays 30 or 40 less games, the Mets maybe they'll let him go seven innings now, seven and a half. Yes. So that you know, that, I, I like the short season. I was always, I'm always for that. That's okay. So here's another one, and it kind of goes into the All-Star Game one. Okay. Make the MLB draft an event. Yes. We, I want to know who these players are. They, they Right now, they've, they've worked on it a little bit. They have it on MLB Network. Mm-hmm. It should be on whatever – it should be on a main network, or if they get in the streaming, it should be like an Amazon special, and they should do it – like. I mean, I know a lot. Some of this is copy the NBA, but it should be like the NBA or even the NFL because the NFL does better with their drafts than the MLB does. What what they need to do again? I'm piggybacking on your thing, so I'm I'm loving what you're saying. 
MLB needs to start updating. Like I'm a Yankees fan, so I know their farm division. But now, if, if you got a stud coming up for the Padres, just say, right. tell me about him. Be like, hey, here's an update. So and so might be playing in two months. So now I'm like, oh, what do you do today in the minor leagues? Like uh, a rookie update, dude. We got these studs coming up, and I'm like, oh, who's playing? This is oh, and then I get my my MLB book for the year. I'm like, oh, right. he's the fourth ranked prospect. Let me know that the number six ranked prospect. In baseball, that kid Franco on the on the Devil Rays on the on the Rays, number yeah. one pro Juan De Franco, whatever his name is, number one prospect. Let me know what he's doing in the minor leagues. Let me know that he might come up in a month. I want to know that he's making his debut June sixth because he's batting five twenty. Get me hyped up about him. And you know that actually ties into another an earlier thing we we're talking about with the social media, the TikToks. You could have a feed be like only minor league that. stuff. Let me know everything he's doing. Yeah, be like, oh, you know, prospect alert, the number, the Royals' number three starters thrown two complete game shutouts in a row, you know. And you're I, like, I would love that. That would be ideal. And then it builds a fandom, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one, again, this is more of a discussion because I don't know if I have a hard feeling about it, like either way. What do you think okay. about the extra playoff rounds? That extra team. Yes and no. I like again torn because I'm a Yankee fan, and it sounds like why? What do you want? Don't want to play the best? I get nervous because here's why. I love it because I remember last year you get a team. Listen, you always know the top four teams are top five. I like that 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 sixth team or the eighth team. There was like right. seven teams there to the final two days. The things that get me nervous, and maybe it shouldn't get me nervous, is Yankees go 162. Let's make it even. Number one seed, and all of a sudden you get a team like. The Indians, I'll just use, who sneak into the playoffs and have Bieber and just say they trade for a stud halfway through. The Yankees are so much better, but all of a sudden the Indians beat them two games because they and, and I know that's how it is. Everyone's like, yeah, that's called life, bro. Get your team a little better. <laughs> but that gets me a little nervous that maybe the best team, if you have an off day, and people like don't have an off day, and I totally get it, uh, that gets me a little nervous. Listen, let's get the Mets as an example. The Mets sneak in. Just say yeah. we get a team like the Dodgers who blow out the – and Dodgers might be a bad example because of pitching, but just say Dodgers fucking steam though. They went 115 games. The Mets win 81, sneak in, and all of a sudden they face DeGrom, and then Noah comes back, and then DeGrom in game three just to win it. Like, holy fuck, bro. We just that can that might hurt. Right. But listen, but again, it's gonna make people root for the underdogs. So yeah. I get it. I like that's what I was gonna say. I like the underdogs and I like the parody, but then the other part that we haven't talked about with that is that makes a lot less teams willing to trade a lot because they're like, Oh, we can sneak in as the eight seed, you know, like we're not going to give you him, you know, and that, you know, is that a good or a bad thing? I mean, it means teams are going to keep, keep their players a little longer. And also, but it also means, you know, the Yankees aren't going to get David justice at the trade deadline or, you know, Remember the, the Sonics lost to the Nuggets in the five-game series in, in basketball years ago. The NBA changed the rule after that. There, there's no more five-game first-round series because they wanted to eliminate that. Right. So, so that, that, that one, I like the more teams, maybe given the first-round team, but I don't know how you're going to do that. that. It gets me nervous, and it shouldn't because I was like, bro, be the best fucking team. That's it. Right. But that can get you nervous, bro. Your team's so much better, and you run into – DeGrom, Noah DeGrom, that's with a rain delay. That That's uh, that's tough. It's tough, but yeah, I mean, I could be talking, I feel like I could be talking to either one on that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I see both sides. 
Um, well, one I had, and I think we touched on it a, a bunch already, was the building the stars. You know, like yes, I, I agree. I want people know about Tatis this year. Right. Um, people Acuna. should be known about. They should, but they should know everything about Trout, and they're they're not. And they should know. Everyone knows. Oh, I know. Um, I know Judge. I know. No, you want to know these other guys who are just absolute monsters right. in the game that aren't getting enough play. And Trout doesn't get it because he just does everything right. He's like Mister yeah. Generic, like Mister. He's like Tom Brady. I do everything generic. I do everything perfect. I do everything right. They need to be able to make them more of a face of the game. They need and to. It, and it just ties into a lot of this other stuff we talked about. If you do this other stuff, that's going to come. You know, yes. you get a strong social media presence. You can get some guy become a meme, you know, or, or, or whatever. Definitely. You, you want people to know, without a doubt. I agree with that. And I guess this is the last thing that I thought of. And if you have okay. some after. That we I have three on. other quick ones, I think, if, you, if it's okay with you. Yeah, definitely. So expand teams to international level. Oh, that, that, that kind of went to my level a little bit. So let me hear yours, and I'll tell you how I was also. Mexico, Japan, maybe another Canadian team. Mm-hmm. If, if you have a European country, which I don't know if they do, that can make it. The way travel is nowadays, pre-pandemic, but, you know, we can get back mm-hmm. there. These teams can all afford jets and whatever. There's no reason you can't have Mexico in whatever league, you know, in Texas's league, flying up and going playing in Mexico City for, you know, you make the trip smart, you, you tie it in. They can do that all with scheduling. And that's how you build more of a – baseball's huge in Cuba and, and Japan and even – off Puerto Rico, huge, huge. So – why not international teams? And it doesn't mean only Mexicans can play on Mexico City. No, of course not, dude. You can have, yeah, those yeah. just the teams. So, so here are the three. I, I, I always, most of the ones I piggyback on you, like in, I'm, I'm an old school guy. I want bunting. I want this, but embrace the bat flip, embrace the guy going crazy, embrace that a little more. That's the one. How about I wanted to uh, embrace the gambling a little more? You never hear them yes. talking about. Yankees playing today, Cole, it's minus 240. Embrace the gambling. Don't just embrace the game. Embrace <sighs> prop bets. Hey, Freddie Freeman today, he's plus 210. Embrace that small thing. Because now you get a guy, like Nick, just say you and I hanging out one night watching the game. And watching ESPN, it's Dodgers Nationals. And it's like, oh, we can bet Strasburg right here, bro. Over under eight strikeouts. Plus, I know right now, me and you are hanging out, having a beer. And they put up, hey, Strasburg's over, uh, under, over. 8.5 strikeouts tonight. I'm like, dude, let's fucking bet it. And <laughs> yeah. let's watch it. You got me and you watching six innings right there. Yeah. So and I'm, that's a great one. That they, they and I'm surprised I didn't think of that. They and but that's not just a baseball problem. All the sports need to get on that. And and they're working on it. Some sports are better than others, but that needs to be, and Bill Simmons says this a little bit, you know, so I'm not trying to steal from him, but you know. These broadcasts, they need a guy that, like a cousin Sal type, yeah, that's on the broadcast that's going to speak the language. You know, not you can't have like Jim Nance going the over under, no. like he, no, he's Jim Nance. You, but if you had a guy on each broadcast that, that was his thing, 
right there. Like you said, we could be watching the game and then they come to that segment and the guy goes, Hey, you know, my best bet today is Strasburg over seven strikeouts. And you can get plus two ten on that or whatever, you know, that's, that's money. A May 18th game between the nationals and brewers that you and I might not give a shit about, but all of a sudden you can do an ESPN odds boost that there's going to be 13 strikeouts in the game. You can bet it. Dude, me and you were watching that whole game. Yeah. Yeah, that's a I like, one. I like that one. This one's a little silly. I don't know if it's going to attract more fans. Eliminate the intentional walk because if I go to the ballpark or if I watch a game, second and third, I want to see Trout hit. If it's first and third, I want to see Tatis hit. I don't want to see an intentional walk. I know people are like, oh, stop, that's baseball. You want to watch your best plays play. And I feel like you're literally t- – you might only watch um, Judge get four at-bats a game. And now you're taking the bat out of the hand in the sixth inning. I hate the intentional walk just because I want to see the player. Okay, so that kind of fits in the be flexible with the rules thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to disagree with you on that one. Only okay. because I feel kind of like with the shift, it's a strategy issue. Mm-hmm. I don't think the guy should be having to throw four pitches, and which I think no, they've no, gotten I, rid of that. They, uh, yeah, they should they just be able to look at him and go four. Now – if you if the team has a strategy for that, the guy behind Judge should be able to move. Their jobs know. to drive me, yeah, to drop. But I want to watch the best player play. Right. I mean, I get that, and you know, in the the home run thing we were talking about, where some of these guys, it's home run or nothing. They would love that. Oh, they of would, course. They would be like, you know, <laughs> you can't walk me, you know, because they're not they're not set to hit the you know, ground ball to get him over or never bloop single unless it's on accident. So my last one that I really think would attract more people um, is embracing different stadiums. And l- let me figure, let me uh, explain this more. They're playing the game this year in the field of dreams in Iowa. Uh, yes. The NHL does the outdoor games. The Yankees play. Uh, I was just in Tampa. I got home today. Yankees were in Tampa for three games. Their fan base isn't huge. Tell me why they're not playing two games there. And a game now that I know, listen, logistically, I'm going to say the, the Rays don't draw a lot. So when right. the Yankees are in town, they draw a ton. But if it's now Marlins Rays, no one's going. Why not play Marlins Rays in Lexington, Kentucky or Marlins Rays in uh, Bristol or Marlins Rays in Kansas? Like where they don't have baseball. And I know like, oh, they love the Cardinals because they're kind of close. Or played in cities that can host them, like big baseball cities. You know what I mean? Right. Like. Big baseball colleges, like down in Vanderbilt, put them in a game in Vegas, like the Vegas stadium, UNLV plays. Have them play in different stadiums. One, it's a cool look for the fans. I'd love to watch a game. Like if you told me now that the Rangers are playing the Astros and the games in Norman, Oklahoma, oh, I never saw a baseball game. Now let's watch it. So I, I, I say, and, and you're going to get local fans from there. I know they have modern league stadium, but put the majors in that, in that pole park for uh, a couple of games. I really think that'll be real different and it'll bring fans that, don't really watch games like dude. you and I from East coast, everyone's a Yankees fan or a Mets fan. If you go up a little high to New Hampshire, but do play a game into Vermont, like whatever UConn stadium or Vermont to get a local mm-hmm. team. It doesn't have to be the Yankees either. Make it a different, make it two West coast teams that are out here. I, I think uh, playing at different stadiums can be kind of cool. That'd be interesting. And I feel it's like something that they could phase in to, yeah, yeah, you know, a three game series here and there, like a three game series in Vancouver or Montreal, like a random place. I think that'd be kind of cool. I think that's different. Yeah, I like that one. I really like the gambling one because uh, it makes you watch, brother. Dude, yeah. if you tell me, dude, 
if me and you were hanging out in a bar, Nick, and we're like, all right, dude, let's leave. Oh, shit, uh, here comes Stanton. Plus 120, hit a home run. Dude, let's bet it quick. Dude, you, you do a quick bet. You're not. You're watching right now. You're watching on the screen, and I'm telling you now, you can put a game on between the Blue Jays and the Mariners where nobody really cares. Right. Nobody cares. Again. But if you tell me, hey, over under of this game is 14 total strikeouts, and we're going to give you boost odds boost. I'm like, dude, let's watch the game, brother. You're going to yeah. bet, and you're watching that game, man. You're Definitely. watching that full fucking game. And it's kind of like it's kind of like the fantasy football thing. Exactly. I watch exactly. games. I watch football games that I would never give a shit about. <laughs> like I have the running back, and I need I need him to score a touchdown. You don't think I'm watching that to see if he's gonna come through? I'm Dude, watching every a Monday night game that I'd be like, who fuck like? But I got players on that team. If it's a West a West Coast game on Wednesday, and you're gonna tell me that uh, you Darvish, if it's over under six strikeouts, I'm watching until he comes out of the fucking game. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. All right, Mike. This has been awesome, dude. You did a great job. I look forward to hearing your other guests, and I think you did a fucking dude. I had a blast with you, man. This is really cool talking sports with you, random. I love the random that it wasn't just a generic. Why'd you become a cop? How'd you meet Opie? I love that it was fucking <laughs> just random, just kicking it, bro. You were great. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, this is what I want to do, and uh, you know, I'm gonna try to have a variety of guests on. Uh, you know, I know a few people in MMA um, that were in the UFC, so I'm going to probably go there for some interviews. And I really uh, going to try to hit up some character actors. You know, I think it's interesting to be like, hey, you know, you did the NCIS episode in season 12. Like, how was that set? You know, what was it like doing that? Or you did a voice for this video game. And, I said, you know, bro, it's, it's a refreshing idea, man. I'm telling you. How many times can we hear uh, insert comedian here or insert actor right. here? And the same thing. It, dude, it's different, man. I really appreciate you having me on. I really can't wait to hear all your shows, man. Yeah, thanks, Mike. And uh, I'll, I'm sure we'll chat again. And we'll chat I'm sure on, we will, brother. On Twitter, too. So, Peace right, out, man. brother. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Thanks. Good luck, Nick.